to Basel Top, the courage and creativity of ADHD. I'm Jen. I'm Ellen. And I'm Annette. And we're here to talk to you about the most exciting, the most exhilarating, <laughs> the happiest and most joyous topic on this earth, depression. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay. Obviously, yes. depression is not any of that. It sucks. It sucks hard. And all three of us have sort of had a little bit here and there, or maybe a lot of depression because it's one of the number one comorbidities that ADHD has. Um, and if you don't know what that word means, it means that, you know, other mental illnesses that go right along with it and hold hands and sing Kumbaya around a stupid campfire. So, <laughs> so anyway... Fun. Yes. So fun. Not only do we have ADHD, but we're more prone to things like depression and anxiety. And since we've already discussed anxiety, we thought, you know what, why don't we go for like the full cornucopia of suck and discuss depression? Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it does. Suck. And it does. And Ellen, unfortunately, has had the worst of it out of all three of us for the past <laughs> little while. Um, and you think that yours is kind of seasonal, right? That's what I've realized over the years. It seems to get really bad kind of toward the end of fall, beginning of winter. So, you know, it could be seasonal affective disorder. And uh, so that's definitely a pattern I've realized in my life, for sure. Yeah. Well... And if you're talking about depression, it's important to understand what is depression. And we're going to talk about some of the ways that uh, depression has revealed itself in us, how we experience depression in, in, with each of our ADHD types. And um, yeah, having ADHD mm -hmm. puts you at four times the risk of depression, wow. four times. So, uh, and the risk is even greater for hyperactive impulsive types like me, which is interesting. interesting. And they are also and combined types then like yeah. me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're also, also the hyperactive impulsive types are at a higher risk of suicide, unfortunately. So, uh, Oof. that's something to be aware of. Uh, the mm -hmm. nature of ADHD itself, especially if untreated, can cause depression, which is called secondary depression. And we're going to go into a little bit mm -hmm. of that today, too. It's not that you have primary acting depression where depression is your main uh, mental issue at that time. You can actually have depressive episodes because of the difficulties of dealing with ADHD and the pressures that are put on your life because of that. And so I think, uh, I think Jen and Ellen are also going to talk about that with their experiences. Yeah. And uh, with that starting, I think uh, let's go ahead and start with Ellen because Ellen has been through quite a challenging uh, <laughs> past couple months. And so yes. uh, let's, Let's do the doctor check-in with you first. <laughs> All right. So go ahead and let us know your history with depression. And yeah. then this current episode, what was happening? What were you experiencing? And how are you doing now? So go ahead and give us the background of your depression. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, growing up throughout high school, I would not say I ever really experienced much depression th that I can remember. There were some episodes, you know, but... Uh, you know, I, I know I had friends that definitely suffered from it in high school at the time, but 
me myself, I didn't really experience it too much back then. And um, also throughout my 20s, it was pretty easy breezy. <laughs> or maybe I just ignored things. But uh, <laughs> so it, I didn't get diagnosed with depression until I was 30, I believe. And it was like in 2013. And uh, it was after I had had my first child. And so, I, you know, I had some postpartum depression for sure that didn't get diagnosed. Mm. And I, f I feel like I've even talked about this on another episode, maybe. But, you know, because I would go to the doctor for my postpartum checkups and she'd be like, you know, so how's everything going? And I'm like, great. How are you? You know, I just like to talk <laughs> to people and I'm really friendly. And so yeah. I never really got like... I never got like honest with her about how I was doing. And so it, it wasn't until my daughter was about a year old, I think, that I find, yeah, around that time, that life just got to be so stressful that I was just, I couldn't, I couldn't function anymore. You know, I was just a mess. What's really interesting is that you talked about how you'd go in and you'd be very relatable, which you were masking. Oh, and, totally. Yeah. Because yeah, I just love to get along with people. Yeah. Yeah. And Nobody wants to know how sad you are stress. and how hard your life is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Keeping up that mask definitely adds stress. Yeah. But it was just how I operated back then for a lot of the time. So I finally started seeing a counselor uh, in 2013 and she diagnosed me with depression and had me start, uh, oh, what's that really common one that everyone starts off with? Adderall? No. Yeah. no, 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 that's for ADHD. No, for depression. For Prozac. Oh, Prozac. Oh, Prozac. Sorry. Oh, Prozac. Mm -hmm. Prozac. <laughs> Prozac's like the old dog of the pharmaceutical <laughs> industry. Like, <Been> around. <laughs> yeah. Dependable. Good old Prozac. Good old Prozac. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she yeah. was like, well, try this, you know. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was she was a good therapist in some ways, but in retrospect, like not not the best either. But so, I, I, you know, over the years since then, uh, I've been on about, I would say, eight different antidepressants because I just did not like them. You know, I didn't like what they did to me. I felt like they um, they helped me not feel overwhelmed and sad and hopeless, but they also kind of muted some of those good, happy emotions. And I kind of just felt like numb a lot of the time, you know, mm -hmm. but it's like, that's better than feeling like you're out of control, sad, can't do anything. But still, I just, I, I never, I never really found one that I felt like it really worked for me. Like it was worth it to have those side effects. You know? So you were feeling functional, but you weren't feeling yourself. Right. I was functional, but I wasn't, enjoying life i didn't i wasn't getting any joy out of life i kind of felt like a robot you know like i was just going through the motions which is interesting but, because that gray yeah. feeling that robotic feeling can also be a symptom of depression oh great so yeah so the pills weren't they, obviously they weren't working then <laughs> yeah well, so either they weren't working or they were yeah. giving you an actual symptom that is also a symptom of depression so yeah <sighs> it's just yeah. yeah a vicious cycle i guess you know, but yeah, so, um, so that's my history with medication is I've tried a lot of different ones, never found one that I loved for depression. You know, honestly, um, weed helps me a lot, <laughs> you know, it helps kind of perk me up. 
And uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, I'm a big fan of, of natural plant medicine. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so that's my, yeah. So well, um, THC has those medicinal, you know, uses. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's been helpful for me in times of depression. It also helps me kind of get in touch with my feelings too, because in the past that's been difficult for me to really figure out how I'm feeling. You know how, when you're so stressed, mm -hmm. but you don't realize it, but your body knows it. And so you're just shutting yeah. down and you cannot figure, you're like, why, why is this happening? And then you realize how many things there are that are causing stress on right. you and you just crumble. Yeah. So, yeah. so tell um, us about your current, anyway, your most yeah, sorry. recent. ADHD. Yeah. I got, let's get back on track here. So, um, <laughs> uh, as I've talked about on the podcast, I got divorced, uh, about two years ago, just, just under two years ago. And that was probably like the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. And so that definitely triggered some depression after that. <laughs> you know, it was mm. a whole oh, yeah. whole mix of emotions, just a roller coaster. You know, at first you feel really good about your decision, what you've done. You know, it was what I wanted, but also life got really fucking hard as a single yeah. mom after that. So I was definitely struggling, you know, as an ADHD parent with two kids by myself you know for one week at a time it was just like getting real hard for me and there were so um yeah it was last fall and then it started again in this fall when so it could be from the seasons uh I just would get to this point where I would feel so overwhelmed by my kids and just the millions of requests they had or things that needed to be done tasks to do it's just too much for me and I would just I would just wouldn't be able to stop crying basically i would just break down and crumble and and shut down wouldn't i wouldn't be able to help them you know so it was like okay i can't let that happen to me again you know i have to be a functional parent for my kids i have to be there for them i have to fix this so um yeah this so a few months ago when it started to happen again um that's when i really you know took charge of my mental health journey again I've seen um, three psychiatrists now because I just, I didn't vibe with the first two and I really wanted to find one that I felt like really understood me, you know? That's very important. And yeah. yeah. And this one actually, she she told me that she has ADHD. So I was like, no wonder we you know, get along. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so she was like, I totally get it. Yeah. So um, she put me, she actually, so I'll talk about this in a minute, but I, I'm not, I, I'm not super depressed anymore, but she put me on uh, Concerta for an ADHD med. So that's something I just started a couple weeks ago and I can talk about that another time. But anyway, so I'm not on an antidepressant right now. Um, but anyway, what happened was, uh, <laughs> sorry, ADHD no brain just goes on these tangents what had happened was... let me get back <laughs> okay so i was starting to have these episodes again i got really low you know my ex said some things to me that were just oh just awful i mean they just oh. hurt me so deep you know and so i basically got to this point um about like maybe six weeks ago where i was like hmm I don't want to be alive anymore. I think I'm, I think I'm done. Yeah. I don't like this anymore. This is, this is too uncomfortable. This is too, too painful, too overwhelming. 
you know, and I'm not going to go into too much detail, but there's just a lot of things causing stress in my life, <laughs> you know, there, or there was, there have been. And, but then just with that on top of it, um, it got to be so much that I just came to the conclusion that everyone would be better off if I wasn't here. And I have never been quite that low before, you know, where right. I was like, you know, like I had no will to live anymore. It was too hard. And, um, this was actually right. This was before I found my new psychiatrist though, actually she, so <laughs> I still had, I mean, that was, that was part of it. I was like, I'm never going to get the help I need because I can't, it's, it's so hard to find a mental health professional. It's so hard to find the right one sometimes that works for you. I mean, I know a lot of people that are like, Oh, I I've saw a therapist and like they, I hated them. So I, I'm never going to therapy again, but you know, you, like I've had many people tell me that, that that's why they don't do therapy because they had a bad experience. But all my message to you is keep trying. You will find the right person. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one thing that people have uh, a misunderstanding about is that people who are therapists will be able to listen to you. Unfortunately, everybody has a different set of uh, personalities and some click and some don't. So, you know, it's very important to find a therapist that you can relate to and that exactly. you feel comfortable with and can open up with. So, but yes. uh, with that, I also wanted to say that like you, uh, uh, to your credit, you reached out to us and told us that you were feeling bad. Yeah, you reached out I to did. your parents and you went and mm -hmm. stayed. You had a mental health break and went home to your parents' house. And like you I did, did. all I the right doing. things for yourself. <laughs> so like kudos. Yeah. Snaps. Snaps to you. Thank you. you. Uh, well, that's what I realized. I realized like the only things that matter to me are the relationships I have with people in my life. That's all I care about. I don't care about anything else, you know? So, uh, yeah, that was around the time when I was getting low that I, I reached out to you guys and we hadn't, we hadn't talked like this in years, you know? I mean, and yeah. so it was so great to reconnect. So this was, you know, gave me a great boost and, um, uh, you know, I, I reconnected actually with, um, my first love <laughs> that I met when I was a teenager and, um, we've been, we've been getting to know each other again the last few weeks. And so that's honestly what snapped me out of my depression was I had the idea after I, after I went and saw my parents, I, you know, I was at my lowest. Like I said, I was like, I hope my plane crashes. That would be so nice. Mm. <laughs> You know, like oh, I, I was just, terrible. I know it is like in retrospect, I'm like, God damn, I cannot believe I felt that low, but that's just where I was. Yeah. And honestly, I'm grateful for the experience because I learned a lot, but on my way back from visiting my parents, I remember thinking I feel 10% better. So that's enough to give me a little hope, you know, and <laughs> I'd been, <laughs> I'd been, I'd been talking with them about some of my childhood trauma actually when I was there um, because my parents have done a lot of like inner healing you know in in their lives the last year we've been having we've been able to have some really cool honest conversations with each other it's amazing actually that's so you know, cool I know that I, I really didn't neat. used to be able to talk to them like that when I was growing up so um, when I was there I was talking to them about what happened with my first boyfriend that they actually um forced us to break up because they caught us sending emails that were 
a little spicy. <laughs> spicy emails. And, and by the way, this was before texting, so that wasn't yes, even this was, an option. That's like AOL was, um, instant messenger. It was, yeah, that's ah! yeah. so, <laughs> I know. It was <laughs> Know. That's oh so God. 90s. Cute, cute the when we had to boot sound. up the yeah, you had to yeah. dial up internet. It was 1997. That's what year it was. It was 97. I was like 15, and so mm. I, you know, like we've talked about on the show, I grew up in a really religious household, and so my parents were very shocked to see that, and just basically mm-hmm. told me, "You're never seeing him again." You know, you get one phone call, and so <laughs> like prison. God. <laughs> I yeah. know that's what it was. It put my heart in a prison. Yeah, no, I was. It was. It was honestly rough because I really liked him. Like we, uh, I don't want to take up too much time, but I liked him a lot. <laughs> and yes, so you did. I was. <laughs> I was really heartbroken when that happened. I mean, look, honestly, it's funny because I I've talked about him so much in therapy over the years because it's like that's kind of when some of my trauma started in my life. But I think that I had just always told myself, you're never going to see him again, you know, so don't even don't even have that. Don't even entertain that fantasy of reconnecting because it's just you're, you know, it's just better. I don't know. I just closed that door, you know, I closed that door in my heart. Mm-hmm. And but for but some for some reason on my way back home from Portland, I was um just sitting in the airport and I was like. I was, I don't know, I was just thinking about, you know, him, thinking about my past, you know, because I'd been talking about him with my parents, and I was like, man, that was a person that I felt like I could really be myself with, you know, like, I always felt like Mm -hmm. just totally accepted and loved as I was with this person, and that's something that's really hard to find in life, you know, so I just thought, what the hell, I'm just gonna message him, just see how he's doing, and you know, here's story and it'd be cool to reconnect. Who knows? You know? And, um, and he messaged me back like 20 minutes later and now we've been talking every day <laughs> for like <laughs> three, three weeks, three and a half weeks. Yeah. yeah. So it's Yay. been so amazing to reconnect and it's crazy that after 25 years, there's still a spark there and we still just love talking with each other and getting to know each other and, it feels so like you know. Oh, thank it you. Is. You know, awesome. it feels like it feels like when you, you know how you have those friends. It doesn't doesn't matter how much time has passed. Like when you see them, it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. how it felt. Yeah, that's of. how like, I feel with you guys. So yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so <laughs> so yeah, that's what I that's what I realized is most important to me to get me out of my depression is the relationships I have with people in my life and focusing on that and you know that's that's where you can get like your heart filled with love from your friends and people that you love and whatnot so yeah yeah and I think it's important to note that you never know what is going to break you out of the depressive totally I had no idea that was going to I didn't know we would I didn't know we were going to reconnect like that I just thought it would be like nice to hear from him you know like it's been 25 years okay so Yeah, I think that's all of my story. (laughs) So that so anyway, so uh, yeah, like you were saying, it's it's just so great when there's something in life that can just snap you out of that and give you a little hope and a spark for life again, you know, and I think it's important to note that 
depression is cyclical yeah. for most people. So mm -hmm. if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling these feelings of hopelessness, reach out to somebody, get some help because you never know what's going to snap you out of it. And, uh, you know, just remember mm -hmm. that even when you're at your lowest, you will get out of it on the other side. You will be. It feels like it will never end, though, when you're in it. It, it feels does. like I'm always going to be. That's what, that, those are the thoughts you have that I'm, I'm mm. never going to feel better. I'm always going to feel yeah. like this. That's a lie. The depression lies to you. Yeah. yeah. It does. It is a cycle. Everything's a phase. Yeah, everything That's is. nature. <laughs> That's science. And as everything is like cyclical, we must now yeah. move on to Jennifer. Exactly. Sorry, <laughs> oh, I've been talking. Hi. I've been talking a lot. <laughs> no, that's good that's because, okay. like, yeah, it's very relatable. But yeah, give Thanks. us your history yeah. and what you you've been going through some time recently too. So talk about uh, your your history with depression, how it presents yeah. in your life, and then uh, you can talk about a little bit about some of the frustrations and things that you've been going through <laughs> recently. Oh boy. I think most of my frustrations right now are stemming from just being overwhelmed with different things. Like, you know, just having a lot of things going on at once, a lot of responsibilities, a lot of, you know, there's some deadlines, there's, um, you know, the pressure to keep all of the things up in the air and, and, you know, and the holidays I, don't help. No. Oh, and that, of course, added on top, because that's more deadlines, that's more stuff up in the air. That's, you know, your kids, faces hopefully you know hopefully looking up at you and being like can we really just build eight billion uh gingerbread houses and make them from scratch too and you just want to tell them mm. yes but you know sometimes you have to tell them no because mm -hmm. you already have too much so it just felt like one of those years where i was like i can't because i have something else i can't because of this responsibility that responsibility and so I tried to do as much with them as I could. Like I got a really cool um, set of Christmas books that I was, that I read to them in the days leading up to Christmas, like next to the, next to the fireplace and the Christmas tree and stuff. So we did like make some good memories and stuff. Um, and in case anybody else is um, wondering what the books were, I bought the Christmas witch series, uh, which Ooh. is a book that uses, it fuses Christmas and Yule, and it kind of tells this really creative story about Santa Claus's secret sister, the Christmas witch. And um, I just thought it it looked secret really neat sister. and cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's a really like creative story. And um, you know, as somebody who loves stories, I absolutely glommed onto that like right away because I was like, "Ooh, the artwork is neat," and you know, that's a really cool perspective to share with my kids because we're not exactly, you know, religious. So I want them to know about all of the things. Um, so I bought it and it is actually really good. Uh, so, nice. But anyway, my history with depression itself is kind of, I think I'm going to have to paraphrase it in a couple different ways because it seems really extensive to me and I don't want to, mm. you know, like go into so many details about it. So I'm going to attempt some kind of system to avoid rabbit holes here. <laughs> good luck. So start. I know. Good luck on that. Um, so um, starting out with it, I think the first the first time that I really fell into a deep depression, I was like 10 years old and just waking up in the morning and thinking, I wish I hadn't woken up today <laughs> and just Aww. like 
Yeah, like just it's like like looking back on it, I'm like, wow, I was 10 years old. What the heck? But, um, you know, I I grew up in a household that was to say unkind would be, you know, a kind thing to say. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So it's it was not easy to navigate. Um, There was a lot of walking on eggshells as a kid. There was a lot of you don't want to disturb you, you don't want to disturb the person who's disturbed because it might come back to you in a month when you least expect it um so like i had all of these things that i had to avoid all of these you know things i had to be careful about and the way that you know i had to live kind of covering my tracks and you know as simple as if I left hair in the bathtub drain, it would be um, like something for explosive material later. Like it, it could have been as simple as that. Um, so because it was unpredictable, I did not appropriately learn how to um, predict other people's behavior. So I never knew what was going to make somebody angry. I never knew what was going to throw somebody else into a rage. And because I saw rages and tantrums and, you know, throwing of things and, you know, all kinds of stuff at home, I assumed that that could just happen at any time in any location if I pissed an adult off bad enough. (laughs) So, you know, that kind of assumption and like that, that mindset follows you through life. It doesn't just, you know, stop when you leave your home, which is hard enough to do. Um, but like, you know, it doesn't stop there. It, it follows you out into the working world. So, you know, when I was out in the working world as a young person, I was constantly fearful and anxious because, oh, what if I mess something up? And I was super afraid of letting people down or screwing something up or making somebody angry because I just did not know what the outcome was going to be. So um, all of that contributes to a sense of you can't get anything right because you don't know when you're going to mess up. And it just, it makes for this depressive feeling, just baseline. So I always thought that I had depression as an illness because this stuff started earlier on. And because I grew up in that kind of scenario, I'm, you know, I wasn't really thinking about how normalized it was, you know, like, well, it's normal to scream at somebody until your, until your voice goes out, right? Isn't that normal? Isn't it normal to throw things at other people? Isn't it normal to do that? But no, it's not, it's not normal. It's abuse. So, um, you know, figuring out, figuring that out and, it's hard to to describe like the spiral that you can go down because like it it kind of sets you up for this like victimization like this feeling like that oh well I was a victim of this that and the other and so I think when you first figure it out you're very prone to being like well I was a victim and you know you kind of use that as your rallying cry but also victims are helpless so you end up feeling more helpless because you mm. <laughs> you know you just yeah. did not you know, you're, you're now the victim. So you're helpless. So I had to crawl my way up out of all those things. And, you know, decades of therapy later, I'm sitting here with a completely different mindset and outlook. But every once in a while, excuse me, my, my mouth is like all dry now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Every once in a while, I will, um, 
just like I don't know something will trigger something like a memory and I'll just be like oh my god like (laughs) and it and it comes back and that's the complex PTSD talking and so right because I have complex PTSD I will every once in a while get triggered with like depression or anxiety and be like why 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 do I all of a sudden feel like this? Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I can't figure it out, but sometimes it's really like I can figure it out. It's very plain as day why I would be upset by it. And those are those are the kinds of episodes that are easiest for me to deal with because I can really quickly be like, you know what? This this feeling isn't the problem. It's this thing right here. And I'm mm-hmm. reacting to it in an inappropriate way now because I used to have to react to it differently. So, you know, then I can kind of you know, logic my way out of it and be like, okay, well, you know, that, you know, A plus B does not equal C in this scenario. (laughs) And, and then kind of rewrite the thought pattern. Well, good Um, for you for breaking those generational patterns. That's awesome. Oh, thanks. It's not Mm -hmm. easy to break generational violence um, of any kind, whether it's physical or emotional or mental violence. Like it's, it's still like, you know, it's still difficult to do because you don't understand how much of it is hardwired into you until you have to go face it in therapy. And, and by the time you have to go face it in therapy, you might already have had kids and you might already like, so there might be some extra stuff there for you to try, have to go back and fix then. So it's just, uh, I'm glad that I did most of my therapy before. Well, and you have <laughs> I'll just this, say that. <laughs> yeah. And you have this toxic combination of anxiety and depression. And a lot of it is your yeah. anxiety causes mm-hmm. your depression. So, yeah. yeah. And the, and the ADHD kind of can trigger both because um, it could be as simple as like me forgetting something. And if I forget too many things in a row, I'll start feeling really bad about it because I do feel terrible about inconveni- inconveniencing other people or, mm-hmm. you know, being unreliable. Um, and that, I think that, will eat at you after a minute and just be like, God, why can't I get anything right? And it's like totally said that lying voice in your head that tells you you can't get anything right. And, you know, in that moment, you might not have the wherewithal to contradict it. And that's that is a clear show of secondary depression. Yeah. Okay. So explain what sec explains what secondary depression. So secondary depression is when you have a when you're suffering from depression, but it's not caused by depression itself. It's caused by Uh, uh, by circumstances. Circumstance eighty eight having ADHD, the difficulties dealing with that. Uh, If you have anxiety, depression can be a second. It can be secondary depression off of your anxiety. Mm -hmm. Your anxiety causes that to manifest. So yeah. uh, Okay, yeah, it's that not that sense. you're it's not that you are in and of yourself diagnosed with depression is just a mm-hmm. sec- it's like it's like a comorbidity in and of itself. Yeah. 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 So hard yeah. to figure this stuff out at the time, too, when you're in a depressive episode, you know, like well, in retrospect. Yeah. Hindsight's oh, 2020. Yeah. Exactly. And you, mm. You're you're not able to it look is. at yourself like you look in a mirror, right? Like uh, this is mm-hmm. this is one thing when you're studying uh counseling techniques and everything. It's like, you know, you're 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 looking at somebody else who is not you. So you're very objective about it for the most part unless mm-hmm. you're letting your own nonsense get in the way, which you shouldn't. But you can be objective <laughs> about somebody else because I do that all you're the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it, it it's really hard to hold up a mirror to yourself and be objective about yourself and to see yeah. what's happening with yourself and it's especially because you're the one who's experiencing it you're the one who's living through it you're blind to a large percent of how you behave and how you act it's so true yeah so it's yeah. uh <laughs> good times mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. trying trying to Such do therapy on yourself it, uh, is not something that i would ever recommend so mm-hmm. you really no. you really need <clears throat> that uh out out outsourced to somebody else so jen tell yeah. us about what you've been going through how 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 depression has been uh you know dealing in your life recently. oh okay <laughs> so i think like lately it's been a lot well it's kind of hard to put my finger on it because some days it like it's re- i feel like this particular episode is really shifty like you're not standing on brickwork or anything you're standing on like mud and so mm-hmm. like every day you take a you take a step and your foot squelches down into it and you're like, oh, it feels different today than it felt yesterday. And the causes are somehow shifted around. And now it's this today. And like, it's just really weird. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what that's really a sign of, um, but it, it feels like a weird thing to me because I don't often have shifty depression where it just, you take a step, it shifts the mud over here, it shifts the mud over there. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, I I haven't I haven't dealt with that before, but I have dealt with like more, you know, cut and dry. Like I just I feel terrible and I feel terrible because I felt terrible yesterday. And it's the same reason across the board. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm be used depression. to that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this this is just weird um, for me. But it's I think it's a lot of things with the overwhelm and. And because of the overwhelm aspect, I think that's what's causing the shiftiness or that shifty feeling of depression. Like, like, um, you know, today I'm working on this thing and I'm frustrated with it. And I have 8 billion other things waiting in the wings for me to go and solve or do or work on. And, you know, so then tomorrow when I go start on project number two, it's going to feel different and I'm going to be frustrated for different reasons. It's just... I don't know. It is really kind of a shifty one right now. And I think I'm like, I swear to God, I'm going through like a midlife fucking crisis here, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's, let me just I feel like spill, that's what I went I'm going to spill my age. soul. I'm, yep, yeah, I know. Right. And, and here I'm sitting like I, I never figured myself for a midlife crisis kind of person. But all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I've always been interested in witchcraft. Why the fuck not? Let's yeah, do this. Let's do it. <laughs> we do what we want. And um also right. all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Crystals, let's buy some. Um, how about let's choose a spirit animal or soul animal or whatever you want to call it. Let's choose like, oh, a spirit guide. There we go. That's that's how they say it. Spirit guide. Let's choose, you know, one of these things or let one present itself. Let's try a simmer pot for once. Who knows? What the fuck? So like mm-hmm. and I'm by the way, I am not just religious. have fun with it. Um yeah. I know I already said this, but I am not religious. I have just more of a weird, vague, uh, like, you know what? I'm doing it because it's fun. Fuck you. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just, <laughs> I like that's that. like the attitude that I brought into this. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you're a very artistic and, person. And so, yeah. and I feel yeah. like that's something that's kind of artistic in nature because it's not, it is, you know, it's not founded yeah. on like a whole bunch of set of rules or anything like, uh, 
yeah. people who read tarot cards, there's an art form to it, I guess. I mean, I don't know. There I'm is. not I've never been into that at all. So but I would assume that there is. So mm-hmm. I, I that would remember. appeal to Did an you artistic go? type. <laughs> were you with me when I bought my first deck of tarot cards? I almost feel like you were there. I might have been. But I, I can't remember. remember. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't know. We were young. I was like 19 or 18 or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, Probably, but, but yeah. Yeah. Probably. Nice. Um so yeah, like I've just kind of been throwing things around and seeing what sticks, I guess. And like, like, I just feel generally restless, generally overwhelmed and just like, you know what, I'm going to try shit until it makes me happy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or, um, and, and I think also this is helping me try to get a hold on, on, like Annette said, a creative, <clears throat> excuse me, a cre- more creative mindset, because every time I go through a depression, my creativity just absolutely shits the bed. Like yeah. it is flatlined. I cannot like, I just, I can't create during that time when it feels like mud, you know? Oh, so, you can't even, you can't even brush your teeth during that time, <laughs> let alone create. I know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't tie my shoes right during that yeah. time. Um, no. but That's like, asking too much. Yeah. <laughs> It's because it's a lot of energy that you don't have when you're creating something. You're putting your energy into that. And if you have none, then you've got nothing to give. So, you know, I'm just I'm looking for things to get the spark back, I think. And um, and also things that I'm I mean, I'm genuinely interested in this and I've been curious about it for a long time. So it's actually it's very fun and it's enlightening to learn about. And it's and it's cool to talk to other people about this because they're very spiritual and open and, and vulnerable when they talk about it. And I'm not used to having conversations that way. I'm used to being very guarded. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. arguing um, with so strangers on the itself, Internet. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. My my all time favorite sport. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, You're not kidding. I, I like. I like lightheartedly trolling people. Oh, and then yeah. it starts an argument and then I finish it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it is it is her uh, hobby. Finish him. <sighs> um, but it is my hobby. Fine. Troll hunting. Uh, <laughs> that's I your, think, that's yeah. your hobby. Well, but I, I I think that a lot of uh, I think that a lot of your uh your feelings and everything uh you know can you're 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 trying to find that creativity to be able to pull yourself out of whatever it, the funk is that you're in, you know, that mud. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to point out, like, um, I have a list of symptoms of uh, depression. And I just want to point out to you uh, how many of yeah. these are actually symptoms of depression, but they are also symptoms of ADHD. Ooh. Yeah, so, let's talk about let's talk about how de- how depression actually manifests because we haven't yeah, gotten too much into yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll, I mean, I'll talk about I'll talk about my very very brief flirtation. Oh, right, with, we need to talk about you. Uh, yeah, with depression, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because in the beginning of the show, I said the hyperactive types are actually more prone to depression, yeah. which uh-huh. is true. But I just am not a person who has, uh, I don't think I have enough time to have depression or something. I don't know. Huh. My brain just kind of. You hacked your brain somehow. <laughs> somehow. Yeah. I, I, I escaped. She hasn't worked it into her schedule. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I escaped no that one. So, uh, mm-hmm. but I did, yeah. I did have uh, postpartum depression pretty bad. And, yeah. Uh, well, you had, you had twins, dude. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> 
Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I I still have twins. (laughs) Yeah, you still do. (laughs) (laughs) They're just uh, eight. They're almost nine years old now, so now they can like do their own things, and they're absolutely fantastic little children. But uh, oh, they're adorable. Yeah, when they were babies, they never slept, and uh, I could never sleep, and uh, I everything just became so grave. I felt like I was going Mm. through the motions of everything. You know, I would be nursing nursing one of them, fall asleep in the rocking chair, and then they would start crying, and I would like be startled awake and like realize how tired I was and I would start bawling. And then, you know, I had, I had times where I would like just for a brief second be like, I just need to throw you off the balcony. And then I was like, Oh my God, what did I just think? What did I just do? And you know, let's normalize this. Not, not, not acting on it, but normalize the fact that that's more common than people that's like say. intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts yeah. are very common. Yeah. And so, they uh, are. you know, and then the only other time I've ever felt a little depressed was uh, in the height of the pandemic when everything was locked mm. down and I was still working mm. and I was still busy and I didn't really realize that it had affected me at all. And mm-hmm. then I was sta- I was sitting in my car at the train tracks and I was just like, I could just drive my car onto the train tracks. This train can hit me and that would be the end. And I was like, what the hell was that <laughs> thought? And, uh, oh, you know, where did that come from? Yeah. And I quickly went, um, not okay. That's, you know, I'm, I'm going through something. So let's, let's hash this out. <laughs> you have to have a talk with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause you know, yeah. I don't, I don't get to have a therapist in Japan. So yeah. oh, there are true. therapists in Japan. It's just, uh, you know, I haven't reached out to any of them because, I wonder if you could get online therapy in the U.S. <laughs> Probably, but I mean, yeah. at, at this point, I don't like. If I good. feel like I need it, uh, I'll mm-hmm. you know I'll be the first one to be like I, I need it and sign myself oh, yeah. up. But you know, usually yeah. I'm pretty good about catching myself in any kind of ups or downs or anything. I'm mm. not. I do not. I do not have any bipolar. Uh, you know symptoms of or yeah. I don't you know I really am not a depressed person for the most part mm-hmm. anxiety rules my life uh, yeah so, <laughs> as we I, talked about in the anxiety yeah. episode yeah yeah that is so it's your like, life force <laughs> I got all of the anxiety and none of the depression so I'm not yeah. sure if that's a good thing but let's go ahead and talk about these symptoms oh. because uh I, I yeah. think that this is really uh interesting to talk about so I have this list of symptoms of uh, depression. The first one, of course, is feelings of sadness, cheerfulness, emptiness, hopelessness. Like that's a very mm-hmm. common symptom of depression. Uh, yeah. Second is angry outbursts, irritability, frustration, even over small matters. Now, this can also show itself in ADHD when you're constantly forgetting mm. things or people yeah. are telling you you need to do this and you're just not living up to the expectations you have for yeah. yourself. So uh, these can manifest in an ADHD kind of way as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, loss, of interest, uh, loss of interest or pleasure uh, in most of all normal activities such as hobbies and sports. I 
don't get this confused with just losing interest in something because ADHD, people with ADHD, we just kind of go, okay, I'm bored now. And we go on to something. Mm-hmm. So uh, totally <laughs> like, like loss of interest and, or, and or pleasure in something is like, you have always been interested in this thing. And it's not that you're interested mm-hmm. in something else. It's that you have no interest whatsoever. So I want to make that very, very clear because uh, yeah, we have a, we, we have a, a habit of ho- hobbies hobby hobby hopping hobby hopping yep oh (laughs) totally uh so just keep that in mind um sleep disturbances (laughs) including insomnia or sleeping too much people who have in a uh the you know like an attentive type of adhd tend to be a little bit more lethargic based off of this their brain chemistry yeah so uh (laughs) it's possible that that sleeping or uh you know just not being able to get up and go which uh, oh i was getting the best sleep of my life when i was most depressed i was probably sleeping like 10 or 12 hours a day Well, it that, it's yep. just boosted on top of it, right? And then yeah. tiredness, lack of energy, mm-hmm. uh, even to do small tasks. I want to make mm-hmm. it very clear that, yes, this is a symptom of depression. However, people with ADHD have a heavy mental load because we are always yeah. we're always moving about we're always in our heads we're switching things we're forgetting things it becomes a heavy emotional load so short-term um, memory is a problem it's yeah. a struggle well long-term memory can be a problem that too, too. yeah all of it but it, all and all of that it that's your your brain going five thousand miles per hour or even like just not even moving at all right uh yeah yeah it it's mental energy either way even mm-hmm. if your brain isn't moving, you're sitting there telling yourself you're supposed to be moving. Why aren't you moving? Yeah, and it takes mental <laughs> energy. So I mean that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it, that's a sign of. De- it could be a sign of depression. It could be just a normal uh, part of your how you're experiencing ADHD as well. Um, reduced appetite and weight loss, or increased cravings for food. Just like you know, going either way. Like if you're somebody who eats a lot and then suddenly you're not. Uh, that could be a sign of depression. Uh, Mm -hmm. Opposite, Mm -hmm. you you never eat and now you're just like, you know, that could be a sign of depression. So uh, I think Ellen- I've experienced both of those. (laughs) Yeah, and you just lost a bunch of weight during your depression Yeah, I did. Yeah, I went through, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but I went through a a breakup on October 1st. And it was a really, like, honestly, if you're going to have a good breakup, like, it was ideal. It was mutual. It was really hard because, like, we still really cared about each other in a lot of ways. But it just it wasn't it wasn't right. You know, so it was a hard thing. <clears throat> That's what really also triggered that depression, too. So, I, yeah. sorry, I, for, I forgot. What was the question again? Losing weight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I was thinking, like. October 1st that's when I had the breakup and that and that's the first time in my life where I've been too sad to eat before that it was always like just eat all the candy all the good things whatever I want drink all the drinks but the last few months uh I was just like I had no interest in food I just didn't care anymore nothing really gave me joy and so I would just Mm. I would forget to eat 
it was like wow this is finally happening to me so i don't rec- it's yeah. not a great it's not a great place to be in i don't recommend it but it's like the first time it finally happened to me right oh my god yeah so oh, there this you is go. what they mean yeah that's yeah. a sign yep. that's yeah a sign. yeah so so moving on from that is yeah. uh, anxiety, agitation, and restlessness. We already talked about anxiety. Oh, wait. Being Anx- a anxiety is yeah. a symptom of depression? It can be. <laughs> Great. Mm, joy. Oh, boy. That's good. They're yeah, just maybe, best friends, aren't they? Maybe I'm just they so... They are. Maybe I'm so depressed that I have ADHD and anxiety. <laughs> I just don't know Everything. I'm depressed. I don't know. <laughs> no, uh... But yeah, it can be a sign. It can be a symptom of depression, especially in uh, people who are ha- their main diagnosis is depression. Mm-hmm. Um, slowed thinking, speaking, or body movements. Hmm. Um, I mean, that's just me on a bad day too. So yeah. don't re- don't read too too far <laughs> into that unless it's like really obvious. Um, mm-hmm. Feelings of worthlessness or guilt, fixating on past failures. Now, yeah, that, that that could be a sign of depression. That can also be just, a, you know, you can have this, that secondary depression coming out because of the frustrations of dealing mm-hmm. with the, yeah. your own uh, blessings from ADHD. <laughs> I have oh, a really hard blessings. problem. Yeah, I have a really hard problem calling them like symptoms or like they are symptoms, <laughs> but it's like, I feel like. Oh, I know what you mean. I, yeah, I know, I, you got to have a positive called- look. Yeah. yeah, I hate that it's called a disorder sometimes. It's like, it's not a disorder. No, our it's just how our brains different. work. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's just yeah. a different way of thinking. It's not bad. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want, I, I don't yeah. like, I, I don't like calling things symptoms or like disorders. Totally. Really, it just is, it is what it is. It's just how exactly. our brains are. And you know mm-hmm. what? It, it, if, if anything goes too far off the rails, that's what your, your therapist is for. And, you know, that's when you want to start thinking about, you know, medication if you need it. I've never personally felt like I've needed to be medicated. I've never, I, I'm not on that far on the spectrum. So, I mean, I definitely have my issues, but I haven't been able, they've never really affected my life in a negative way. Actually, it tends to affect me in a more positive way. Cause like I said before, the anxiety mm-hmm. makes me get up and go. And so I, I don't have a really bad relationship with my anxiety, even though it causes yeah. some problems in my life. So I've never I've, felt like I have I a question. To, yeah. How did you snap out of your postpartum depression back then? This oh, was... I think the hormones yeah. just worked them their way out of my body. Oh, okay. It, just... it wasn't any, any particular thing. It just kind of went away. And, nah. uh, yeah. yeah. It was just it... like one day I was like, oh, okay. But I don't remember. Yeah, I guess I'm done yeah. with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep, guess I'm done. Moving on. Yeah. I don't, remember, right, I don't remember any like event. Uh, yeah. So uh, I remember that, you know, getting out of the house and doing tour going touring um mm-hmm. you know because I'm a, I'm a singer uh the first time I did it the girls were less than a year old and uh mm-hmm. it was hard because I was pumping and sending it back and worried about my little babies oh, but my mom was there oh man so you know my mom was there my husband's mom was were there so I mean everything worked out fine but then the second time I had weaned them before I went on tour so they were a little over a year and a half by that point and I had weaned them and like I was like I could drink 
and uh, <laughs> <laughs> all depression I, gone. I had yeah. a really oh, so good you did time. discover the trigger. Yep, that's what's it. Alcohol. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> like, Perfect. Yes. The cause of and solution to all of our problems. I can have beer again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so we talked about slow thinking, uh, feelings of worthlessness, guilt, fixating on past failures. Now, next symptom. Trouble thinking, concentrating, making decisions, and remembering things. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like ADHD. Yeah. That's ADHD. <laughs> yeah. Sim- hmm. That's full-on ADHD symptoms. So, yeah. Um, but they, totally. they can be depression symptoms as well. Uh, mm-hmm. It just yeah. depends. Is this, your, is this your default for life? Or are you having a lot of the other symptoms of depression, which is making it difficult for you to think or concentrate so if if you're kind of always like that that's not necessarily a symptom of depression but if you Mm -hmm. are having all these other symptoms as well uh then uh you might want to get that looked at with your therapist um uh, then frequent or reoccurring thoughts of death suicidal thoughts suicide attempts or suicide so you know that's Mm. that uh, you know that's that's dep- one of the more that's glaringly obvious. And, yeah. yeah. And yeah, um, that's a that's a pretty red flag. Yeah. Yeah. And uh if if you ever come and feel like you are if you're having suicidal ideations, if you're having uh these impulses, sometimes people with uh bipolar disorder they'll experience voices uh telling them that you know they're better off dead. If you are experiencing mm. anything, mm. anything that is even possibly uh, suicidal in nature, you can pick up your phone and dial 988, which is the Suicide Crisis Lifeline. There's, uh, It's free. It's confidential. It's 24-7. Uh, so go ahead and do that. There's, I have a whole web page uh, with uh, suicide hotlines around the world because some of our listeners aren't in America. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go ahead and True. post that in the show notes as well as under some of our podcasters list. are not in America. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. but that's a good resource for anybody <laughs> if you do find yourself in that uh, experience, any, uh, anything of those. I highly, highly, highly recommend that you reach out for help because. Uh, yeah, it might, it might it. feel like you're drowning and it might feel like mm-hmm. it's not going to help you, but it, you never know if you don't try. And, and uh, you know, there's something yeah. so, ooh, I don't know how to even explain it. There's something almost comforting about that feeling of hopelessness where you're just like, I give up, you know, I'm done. It's almost it's kind of you don't peaceful. have to care. Right. It's you, like you the apathy just takes it. over. It excuses yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Like, so that's why it's so tempting to remain in that place it's dangerous exactly very dangerous to stay in that place for too long because then you start to really believe those thoughts well and if yeah and and not only if you listeners if and not only if you are experiencing those if you know anybody who else who is experiencing those then uh maybe reach out for help reach out to loved ones reach out to a hotline encourage somebody else Mm -hmm. to you know Mm-hmm. reach out and get help because yeah. especially yeah. if you're not uh if you're if you're not a therapist if you're not trained uh with to deal with depressive episodes suicidal uh attempts or anything like that and 
it's there there's a lot of technique to it and mm -hmm. um the mm -hmm. it, you dealing with it with your loved ones by yourself uh can have a negative impact on your own uh mental health and mm -hmm. it can also if the person follows through you can be left with the guilt of mm -hmm. that you weren't enough and um don't ever feel that way there there is a, there's a whole understanding to the complications that those that mental state comes with and yeah. if you're so if you're not trained as a therapist find somebody who is trained as a therapist to do it uh don't put that burden on yeah. yourself be there love the yeah. person but get some professional help and definitely reach and out to your friends that you think might be depressed, you know, just send, even if you haven't talked to them in forever, mm -hmm. just send a text, just be like, Hey, just thinking about you. How you doing? You know, yeah. I don't know. That's so helpful. Yeah. That would, that would to like totally like turn an entire day around for me. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if I had just a random friend be like, Hey, I was thinking about you the other day. How you doing? Mm -hmm. I'd be like, gosh, wow. Somebody was really thinking about me. I know. I'm like it just really interrupts that whole like you're worthless and nobody thinks about you kind of bingo <laughs> exactly yeah, so yeah. like it's all about like those relationships yeah Bring it we all need back. other people mm -hmm. yeah yeah we need yeah. each other we need a community we need to support each other so that's what mm -hmm. we're here for and i think adhders like we need this community like i mm -hmm. personally need this community and like there it just you need to be understood like because neuro neurotypical people do not understand the complexity of life that is the ADHD life and experience and they are not programmed to understand it they can't understand it because they don't live it um yeah. but can they can <laughs> learn through I know right they they can learn through you know through other people who do have ADHD or maybe just mm -hmm. listening or reading different re different resources um it's you know there, where there's a will, there's a way. But, yeah. um, you know, community is everything, especially when you're not so well understood by the masses. Mm -hmm. so. Well, and that brings us all back and we'll wrap up this so happy discussion about depression. Um, you know, <laughs> it's you know, it's good to talk about this shit, though. It's hard to talk about, but it's really good. It's helpful for people, I think. Yeah, and if you yeah. are if you're experiencing any form of depression, use some of you know use some of the tips that were provided in this podcast today. You know, reach out to your friends or reach out to your loved ones. You know, go yeah. outside. You know, try to experience something different. I mean, it's really hard to say that, and it's really hard to get up and go sometimes. But mm -hmm. the, the, if you can make if you can make that first step it might be worth it in the end. So it's just yep. All it takes is one little step just to try something. It might be the thing that just gets you out of that funk. Oh, yeah, true. So it, the only way, the only way for us to end this <clears throat> lovely segment on mm, depression is so happy is to we have to hear the happiest song on earth. And and that's the only thing that that will that is going to fix this. So here we go. Happiest song on earth. And remember, what was it? Nine eight eight is the crisis hotline. If you need it, crisis hotline nine eight eight. Dial it from any phone. Happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, 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 happy,
Wow, Perfect. that is a masterpiece. 